0: You've entered the Kill Zone. The Kill Zone. Frontline Gaming presents the Kill Zone Podcast. Real
1: talk for competitive Kill Team 40K tactics, tactics, strategy, strategy, and news you need to know from some of today's top players. Tune in every other week for brand new episodes of the Kill Zone Podcast. You're listening to the Killzone Podcast on the Frontline Gaming Network. Buy a mat, there's a link in the description. This podcast is your home for real talk and competitive kill team. My name's Chris, some folks call me Bearnade, and I'm joined by Emmanuel Mitsnikos from Strategic Advantage on YouTube. You should go subscribe right now. We've got a great show coming up for you today.
0: Today we're talking about Games Workshop's golden ticket finale event that just took place. It's an invitational tournament that brought eight of the best players from around the world head to head to crown one champion.
1: Stay tuned because all that is coming your way after we pay some bills some messages. Ooh, these messages.
0: Mooney the Monkey? You're looking pretty stylish today. Are those new sunglasses? Is, is
1: that a new watch? Wow, Mooney, that uh, Shapeways money is treating you pretty good, huh? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, not Shapeways? You mean Pop Goes the Monkey gave you a raise? Wait, did I just understand monkey? Wow, yeah. Have you known Monkey
0: this whole time? Anyway, uh, it seems that he might have brokered that Shapeways deal as a power move to get a raise at Pop Goes the Monkey. Pop didn't want to lose out on Mooney the Monkey, so they decided to have the same sale back on their main site. Woo-hoo! woo
1: Wow, that's great. Especially if you're into all the other bits and bobs available from PopGoesAMonkey.com. aside from their awesome custom 3D printed bits. Now through the end of the year on PopGoesAMonkey.com, just enter SantaSack22 at checkout to get free shipping on orders over $100.
0: That's awesome. You can pick up the Freebooters Orc Commandos cape, Orky Freebooters inspired hat, a t-shirt. Okay. Well, to be fair, they have more than just Orky Pirates at PopGoesAMonkey.com. Uh, but is there really anything more important than that? I digress. Another neat kit that I did find um, is this 10-unit chaosy Human and Imperial Human kit that they recently released.
1: I saw those. The Cult Otomari Militia and the Imperial Otomarian Guard. Uh, they come with special neat weapons and dynamic poses to help you fill out your Imperial or Heretical Human teams with unique flavor.
0: But for whatever your heart desires, honestly, just head over to PopGoesTheMonkey.com, pick up something for you, for friend for family member as a gift for the holiday season and just remember to enter santa sack 22 that's all one word at checkout for free shipping and mind you this also works as a discount for international shipping too
1: Ooh, that's awesome thanks again to pop goes the monkey for sponsoring the podcast thanks monkey and we are back once again with the uh, hobby time, but uh, maybe possibly Thanksgiving time. Happy Thanksgiving to listeners. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Mr. Emanuel.
0: Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Likewise to you, Chris. Uh, yeah. It's been a busy couple weeks. Um, <laughs> we just had Thanksgiving here in the States, which is a national holiday where we overeat and spend time with other people, um, which is pretty much every other holiday in America and every other Tuesday in America as well. <laughs> How was your Thanksgiving?
1: It was good. Uh, we always do a. It's it's an interesting thing here because uh, a lot of my family that's here in L. A. is of uh, Guatemalan descent. So mm. uh, it's all my wife's side of the family and stuff. And I am the designated gringo, so to speak, uh, the the pilgrim in the family. Uh, it's fun mm-hmm. fact. I actually uh, on my mom's side of the family it traces back to folks that came over on the Mayflower. So there was like the first ones that had you know Thanksgiving with the natives and. All that stuff. So, you know, it's always been kind of a thing in the family. And uh, oh, now I get neat. to share that with, uh, with you know, past like 10 years, 11 years or so. So I do a lot of the cooking um, and uh, keeps me pretty busy, all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's a good time. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: We, we are starting a family tradition at my house. Um, my wife and I were talking about what holiday we wanted to uh, take as our own her every year just so that way number one her sister isn't doing all the fall holidays and number two my parents aren't doing any of the holidays just to make sure that they get a break after having to do holidays for 30 odd years for the for the whole family and um we decided on thanksgiving um very much my vibe um as well i'm a very much a jeans and sweater kind of guy um but uh this year with a now three month old um, uh, he turned three months the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, holy moly! Uh, we made a decision, then realized, Oh, that's going to be a lot of work with a three month old. So, my wife had a fantastic <laughs> idea. Um, we ordered most of Thanksgiving from uh, the, the food wise from Whole Foods. Oh, uh, cool. you can order the turkey, um, and several sides it comes with, like you know, mashed potatoes, cream spinach, all like the classic sides. And then we made a few sides of our own, but um. It all comes pretty much almost done and then you finish it in the oven oh cool one of the best turkeys i've ever had honestly awesome i've done brine turkeys i've i've had the only turkey that's beaten it is deep fried turkey uh-huh. uh that's i mean that's the the pinnacle of turkey spoken as a true american it's fried it's better right yeah <laughs> but uh that that took a lot of the uh, the stress off of the the preparation Uh, wasn't too bad on the on the on the wallet either. Um, All things considered, when you kind of trade off the lack of stress for the um, for the cost that you're getting, you're kind of paying for your time back, right? Right. (laughs) With the little bit of premium that you have to have it prepared. But it was it was nice. Um, That's part of my hobby. What else did I do? I'm working on I have actually right here next to me on the hobby desk, Chris gets to see it. But you listeners don't get to view it. I have my Arcanaut... Um, oh, very cool. My ship, the Space Dwarfs, or Fantasy Dwarf ship, all built. These little cannons on the sides, they kind of articulate, which is kind of neat. But I'm going to use that to get these Orky turbines fitted on the sides as Orky engines. And uh, there's a lot I need to rough off about this. I have... Um, plastic card that I'm going to be using green stuff to make rivets all that kind of stuff. It's going to be a big project, but it'll be a fun one. Uh I'm really enjoying that. And uh yeah, man, just lots of guitar stuff too. Got I had that. a new guitar day that was a bit of a dud. Uh I got a special edition um Les Paul and Epiphone Les Paul that I was really okay. looking forward to. Um it's a Joe Bonamassa special edition one and his 10 wow. to Instantly, boom! Four hundred dollars increased in value the moment you receive delivery. There's oh, wow. super small run kind of things. Except the Les Paul came in at over nine and a half pounds
1: when wow. I received
0: it, and I was like, "Oh, that's a nice backbreaker." I shouldn't complain yeah. about heavy instruments to the bass player here, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was just too heavy. So that that's definitely going to go back. But I did play it for a little bit, and it's such a faithful recreation of a '59 Burst Les Paul. And it's an Epiphone with Gibson Burstbucker pickups, which um, those pickups alone sell for more than what most Epiphones sell for. Yeah. Um, so it's an incredible deal. I'm I'm excited. I, I ordered another one to hopefully get a lighter one, and if that one's also heavy, I'm returning both to Guitar Center. But that's uh that's no, been I, my weekend roundup as far as hobby.
1: I feel you with the heavy guitars, man. I uh was doing a round of shows back years ago uh in my younger days and had gotten in a car accident like right before oh, yeah, all this started and you're not playing with the the base it was uh you know big old fender uh it was just like yeah you know i think i need to go lighter uh yeah on these so definitely you know light it, it's something not a lot of people would notice um but it it does matter you know you're talking about and like especially because... for hours and hours yeah
0: and especially because I've gotten so used to my um, Ibanez Q series guitar, which is their quasi headless guitar. That guitar weighs four pounds, 13 ounces, nice. right? And and then to take a nine pound, six ounce uh, guitar and put it on your lap, it's like, oh, oh, my legs numb. That's, that's yeah. wonderful. And then to no, stand make... up with it. Nope. My, my neck just snapped off. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> those rolling.
1: mahogany body guitars, they look real pretty, but man, that's a, uh, it's like, you know, you got to, it's like helping your mom move an antique dresser or something. <laughs> wrapping that onto your body and you're gonna go uh-huh. play, you know.
0: That's uh, funny. Looks uh, real nice though. So. so before we get into a real fun topic that we're gonna dive into talking about the Kill Team Grand Finale, um one announcement for me. Um we will start a different clock. This will be a countdown clock, T minus uh, three episodes um i talked with chris about this uh we've been talking a while about this even before baby came but we were saying hey you know see how life goes see how everything feels like let's see how how long you want to keep doing the kill team podcast when baby comes because chris has been through this before <laughs> he knows what what baby and uh those obligations can do and uh it's been a super fun year but uh i came to the conclusion uh, this fall that hey you know what um end of december i think i'm going to make my uh graceful graceful exit from the kill team podcast uh, I'm making the decision to spend uh, a lot more time with uh with my baby boy and wife and uh forge those memories kind of going forward it's been super fun doing the podcast with you chris but um this episode and i think two more and then uh that will round out the rest of the year and that's when uh that's when, uh, I'll have my last episode. So we're going to have a series of three really fun episodes leading up to that with a fun kind of year in review final Mm -hmm. episode and a looking forward kind of episode. But, uh, uh, those will be my last three episodes on the kill zone.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I just, uh, I, I remember back, you know, having new babies myself and, uh, it's, I just can't imagine coming home and wanting to edit, you know, on top of the <laughs> job and, you know, the misses and, and you're trying to spend time with, with baby and, and, you know, family and everything. And so, yeah, man, be sad to see you go, but totally understood.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, free time is measured in minutes when, uh, yeah. when, uh, life makes these changes. And when I look at my minutes, I do enjoy making this podcast. I do enjoy interacting with our fans and our listeners, but um if i have to choose between recording this podcast and playing kill team with the free time that i'm allotted i don't want to play kill team no offense to you chris
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely
0: so speaking of playing kill team kill team grand finale what uh what an adrenaline packed weekend right Watching absolutely. this from afar, um, unfortunately not watching the stream, but watching these results come in and hearing the whispers and the murmurs of what's going on, mm-hmm. um, I was on pins and needles and edge of my seat at the same time
1: the whole weekend. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's something that I had wanted to see for so long mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, uh, if you look at some of the analog type or like peers in the industry, so to speak, for GW, you know, or what I would consider peers, I don't know that they would. It you look at something like Magic, mm-hmm. for example. They had the protein. Star
0: Wars Legion.
1: Right. So there's all these comps that it's not up to a local guy to do or another company or something to that effect. It's the producers of the IP have their own event, and uh, it was just like so good in my heart to see this kind of uh, circuit taking place. Absolutely.
0: This you is know. definitely something that I. I loved seeing. This is something that initially attracted me to Star Wars Legion. Yeah. So when I started to hear about the game, I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. Um, most nerds are Star Wars nerds, except um, for the ones that are feverishly against Star Wars. So it's very, very divisive there, but. Um, most people really enjoyed and that that's what initially attracted me to it. but then when I started hearing about the competitive scene, just for people that don't know they have these things called rally point qualifiers and then once a year they have a big kind of last chance qualifier, a tournament right before the grand tournament which is usually pretty big. I think it's 32 players, maybe 64. that might be the qualifier 64 and then the final tournament's 32. It's pretty big, but these Rally Point qualifiers, these happen everywhere. And there's certain criteria and maybe pre-registration. Maybe it's only like size of tournament, location of tournament. I'm not sure, but it's a lot looser than what GW has done for their first year doing this. Mm -hmm. um, Where if you win a qualifier tournament, which can be at your local shop, as long as it's a certain size or a big competition um, like LVO or something like that. If you win it, you get an invite. To the large end of the season tournament that's put on by the company by front, uh, Frontline Gaming, um, <laughs> but Frontline Gaming they put on great tournaments too. Uh, Fantasy Flake names the other F, F trio uh, yeah. thing. F-F-G, um thing. F F G, not F L G. There you go. Yeah, that's where the mind clicked to. And now A M G that's managing um, Star Wars Legion. So they they do this. Um, they, they've been doing this, and AMG continued it, and that's what was really um, interesting to me. And if someone's already got a qualifier ticket and they win first, it goes down to second. So someone always gets it from each of these qualifiers. It's a really great way that they do it. GW this year had um, an invitational kind of process to bring players in that won their the GW tournaments, the open tournaments, and that all culminated into the grand finale that we're talking about today that happened the weekend before Thanksgiving in New Mexico, um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, which I struggled to spell as I kept going into Uh ECP to follow up the results.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I was just so, like I said, so excited and over the moon to see them taking this in this general direction because it's like, you know, the support from the company is mm-hmm. something that I feel has contributed a lot to these other games. Um, oh, yeah. and, and it doesn't make kill team less than, it just means that, you know, um, like you go and win a tournament, for example, and take home a keychain, which is nice, um, versus <laughs> go and win a tournament and it's, oh, let's, let's, let's back this up go and not win a tournament, take 39th place two weekends ago, uh, 39th place at a magic tournament took home $3,900 or $7,900 or something like that. Wow. It's like, wow. So the hope for me is that you start to see an avenue open up for players where, you know what? You can make a living from playing this game. It is taken seriously. And, you know, that's just a thing that I think a lot of other games kind of have going for them. You know, not just poker and and (laughs) stuff. Uh, There's all these other other avenues and it's just like so amazing and it's it's just kind of the follow-up like if you back up to the first time that i had seen nova happening i was like mm-hmm. dude i want that here you know mm-hmm. i want that on the west coast on nova mm-hmm. and then okay lvo happened and stuff like that it's like cool you know and then you start looking around at what this can maybe grow into and uh i don't know it was just uh, a really cool step to see it and it goes to show i think we are better supported this edition than kill um than 40k oh, by gw
0: i i i completely agree i i think so too um yeah and the enthusiasm for kill team is definitely growing where it seems to be waning for 40k mm-hmm. um i'd love to see this whole concept um expand like you're talking about um it seems appropriate that they kept it to eight players and, and we'll mm-hmm. break down the whole tournament and kind of how it went and a brief overview of paths um, that we saw in, sure. from people that we talked to, but um, it was eight players, and um, seems like it was deliberately limited. I've had I have some ideas of how they could expand this to make it bigger and more inclusive to not just the GW tournaments. It'd be nice to see other large sanctioned tournaments like LVO, SCO, um, Adepticon, like all these other big tournaments. Um, Kind of um, widely recognized tournaments, maybe get stuff at PAX, who knows? And also internationally and in more countries, um, get some representation out of Australia. I know there's a lot of kill team down there too. Um, I know there's in China and Taiwan, uh, all over the place, there's a kill team. So it'd be nice to have those players get the opportunity to earn a ticket to an event like this. There could be the idea of, hey, it's you win a tournament of a certain size that can qualify you for a ticket. They can have priority tournaments earlier in the season get it, and they could have a cap at 32 players. So if you have if you win it earlier on in the season, great. If you're in it late in the season, you might be waitlisted if someone earlier in the season doesn't want to get doesn't want to go, can't go, whether it's time, obligation, whatever it is. And then if there aren't enough events or people that fill out that, you can also start awarding it to people on ITC. Now, a lot of people that are going to have those tickets are already going to be high in ITC, but you could say, okay, we'll fill in from top to bottom on the global ITC rankings, and someone who might be 40th on ITC might get an invite to a 32-person tournament if there were eight players ahead of them that couldn't go or didn't want to go kind of thing. It would be really nice to... To see it expand in that way, you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that um, it's such a golden goose. You look at Kill Team. I think that if mm-hmm. you compare like the two major IPs, because, you know, they, hey, they have Sigmar. I don't consider that a major a- IP the way that they do. I think that they give that mm-hmm. way more um, presence than what we actually see existing in the world. Um, you look at 40K versus Kill Team, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which of those would be the better esport? Which of those is friendlier to streaming, to multi-day events, to churning out, you know, Mm 32-player type things and and finding undefeated within, you know, a weekend or something like that, Mm kind of regardless of the amount of people that show up. Um, I just think that it is the more modern type game. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Oh, for sure. Especially rule set if you consider just the rule set, but also the speed and the accessibility. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. see exactly what you're saying. Like if they were to want to invest in one or the other, yeah. One would be a much more approachable competitive game. To yeah, kind of and I felt
1: space. I felt this for a while, um, and, oh, hey. and especially it with seems the like new they're edition. Noticing it. Yeah, especially with the new edition, the I go, you go, the interaction mm-hmm. that's happening—you mm-hmm. know—it's um, faster-paced and very interesting, and it's kind of intuitive when you look at—you know, if know—you're watching in and stuff and kind of want to see what's going on. Because I remember people getting the rules uh, early and watching games and stuff and, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to see like, what's going on this edition. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and you were kind of able, you know, you might not know like, okay, if I, if, if there's two guys in combat and I charge this other one in all of a sudden they don't get combat support, but Hey, I didn't know that when I played against Alex Mech at SCO, uh, (laughs) you know, a year into this edition. Uh, so it's just something that, that is a factor, you know, uh, that you can pick it up.
0: Yeah, so let's dive into the grand finale. Um, we don't have the packet, but we know a lot about the format from talking to people who were there. So it, seeing from BCP, we all know that it's uh, it was double elimination, which I think is a neat way to do like like a final eight kind of thing. It's very. It's very amped It's very stressful I like having that underground fight club of the losers bracket where people can punch their way back up to victory which uh, more on that later. Um, The other way that they did the format is half open half into the dark, which I think is really neat, especially because it's double elimination where your overall points don't matter with into the dark being less points. It's, I mean, if everyone's playing the same exact mission, that doesn't really matter, less points, more points, because that would work for Swiss as well. And everyone was playing the same missions along the way, same maps, same missions, all that kind of stuff. But um, it's a fun format because it really makes you think, okay, who am I bringing to this tournament? Because some teams are very different in their power level on Into the Dark and on Mm -hmm. Open Board. So it really makes you think, Okay, which team is the most flexible that's going to do well, or at least let me progress well. In both of these formats, So I really like that. Um, I got a list of the order. I was able to get that information from talking to folks. Uh, The first mission was loot and salvage, which um, I love. That is the quintessential open board mission. I think that's my favorite teaching mission, et cetera, et cetera. So I love that that was included. Forge Stronghold was a second mission that was um, an Into the Dark map. Then you have Escalating Hostilities. Um, I think that's fine. Um, I've played it in tournaments before, and that's fine. It changes the dynamic and definitely favors an elite team, um, since they are going to be scoring team. a lot of their points. Or a melee yeah. team, yeah, right. Because you want to cluster in the middle and you want to score late. And as listen to our previous episodes and find out what teams score well late. Um, right. Spoilers. It's elite teams. Um yeah, Power Surge was the fourth, that's um, Into the Dark. Seize Ground was the fifth. Did I count that right? One, two, three. Four. Yeah, Seize Ground was the fifth. Um, full-scale attack Into the Dark, the, the one after that. And then the final, final, final was Domination. Now, not necessarily you're going to get to that Domination unless uh, you ended up with the drama that we got in this tournament, but, um, but a very dramatic ending with Domination being the final mission. Um, and as I said before, same exact mission layout um within to the dark that's prescribed terrain so obvious but for the open boards same exact terrain same exact layout and what I love to hear is that games workshop was learning and listening because if you look at the perception of that we heard from the terrain at Seattle Open to the perception of the open board terrains now it seems that games workshop was reaching out listening Trying to, every tournament seemed to be better, better, better. And there's only a very mild complaint about the terrain for this is what I heard. That could have been fixed with just like a three millimeter tweaking of the terrain. And if that's the only issue that they that players had with the terrain, I, that's, especially with these high level players who are going to be able to be nitpicky and understand the right. nuances of terrain placement. If that's what came out, I mean, I applaud Games Workshop for reaching out finding out and accessing information from the community to make their terrain better for these events so it it was nice to hear that that terrain was very well received
1: yeah um it, it's it's funny because uh i i agree 100 percent. because in the beginning of it um some of these events people were saying that it felt kind of open right mm-hmm. um, and it's it's like that was in the heat of tau summer uh the scary (laughs) the scary uh scariest point in this game i think the addition Mm -hmm. and uh but yeah over time it's gotten tighter and tighter and uh you know i think if three millimeters if a top pro has an issue with three millimeters or something that your average player isn't going to be that upset uh on that and i want to see that packet you know because i want to be playing on them them their maps myself So let's talk about what teams were there.
0: Yeah. Um, well, one team member that just joined us with the magic of editing. I disappeared and came back with a baby. Um, he wanted to be part of this uh of this episode. So if you hear some goos and gaws, that's not Chris and I.
1: <laughs> that's yes. little baby boy.
0: No, three months
1: old and already in showbiz. Come on. That's right. LA, that's right. right? Making right? his debut. Yeah. Um
0: yeah, so the teams, um do you do you have the them written down? Me. Yeah, yeah, I do. So it was an interesting spread, right?
1: Absolutely. So first of all, three hunter clade, right? They went yep. from not played at all, needing a buff to uh, <laughs> three. Very well represented. Yeah. Yeah. The best represented, right? Among mm-hmm. pro players. Uh, Absolutely, so just yeah. very amazing. And then uh, one breacher. So interesting mm-hmm. thing we had. A They've been team. doing
0: very well. They've yeah. been doing very well. I mean, well, we, we we went on and on about how amazing their synergies and their, their effectiveness, and they do very well on open board as well. Just like you said, great flex team, and Absolutely. they they definitely um, deserve to be represented.
1: I played against them recently at All Valley, and uh, shout out to Miguel. I uh, he caught me with uh, with some with some tricksies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. very interesting. Uh, there was one Novitiate player, mm-hmm. so we can't get rid of them. They're they're still those, still those bad... very strong. Those villains, you know that the mm-hmm. the, the recurring theme, uh, <laughs> the episodes of Kilt speaking T- of there. which, uh, one Pathfinder, uh, <laughs> very interesting there. Uh, one Gellerpox, so another yes. new thing, and then one yeah. Blooded. So it's like, where is the Vet Guard of yesteryear? Where is the Intercessors? Right, that that so many people mm-hmm. are saying is too good right now. Um, yeah. I mean, as SEO, I think. Let me think about this. Six, seven, eight, nine. It was like. Seven out of nine games or something, whatever it happened to be that I played, uh, was elite teams. Yeah. I don't see one here.
0: No, uh, not I, at all.
1: Yeah. Uh, just, just very interesting stuff there.
0: And it kind of uh, harkens back to the previous episode where I, I alluded to the fact that, you know, these top players, they're going to be gravitating towards Horde teams. We <gasps> see Horde teams there. And they're going to be gravitating towards Elite teams. <gasps> We're seeing Elite teams there. Right? the elite teams they can do very well but you're not gonna see the top 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 players really bringing those when when they really when it really uh really matters for a high stakes tournament like this what do you think buddy yeah, I think, I think I think he wants some elite teams.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things that's uh, interesting to me is that you brought up a good point earlier about needing to do open board and into the dark. And mm-hmm. last year uh, in quarantine, the, the quarantine Nova, I faced a similar thing where I was playing a lot of a Marines at that time. But then we go into this comp that's going to be half, you know, close confines, half open board, and it's like pure. I'm going pure positional, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, so. Very very nice. So let's talk about the players there, uh, f- because this was a, a a there was people from all over the world that got to come to this. Right, um, right. You know, most of these players
0: them. we know uh, quite well too, which was yeah. real fun to be rooting for. Um, almost not. I don't want to say almost all of them. I was rooting for everyone because I I I couldn't pick one horse in this race, and it was yeah. just really exciting to see how things unfailed. I mean, North America we had Chris Bacci um who is number one in north america was fighting ace for number one in the world for some time there and then the gigantic ep- episodes gigantic tournaments over in spain just over- overwhelmed the itc points on chris yeah kellen who's uh from the san diego scene orion from the east coast as well as travis from the east coast all yeah. absolutely fantastic players they all deserve multiple golden tickets to be to be at that tournament
1: and Absolutely. what about the uh other side of the pond over in the european lands so from the eu we had ace uh mm-hmm. who's you know widely regarded as is one of the best players in the world if not the mm-hmm. best player uh mm-hmm. we had carlos mm-hmm. um and adrian i believe all three of these from spain right carlos from spain yeah adrian, no surprise there yeah. yeah spain just it,
0: turns out top tier players honestly
1: yeah. They're kinda of like if you remember StarCraft from, you know, fifteen years ago or whatever, back when that was like <laughs> number one esport. They're the Korea of of StarCraft. I couldn't you
0: know? agree more. I couldn't agree uh, more.
1: That's that's such a great parallel. Yeah. And then we had uh John, um, uh, from Can You Roll a Crit Fame on YouTube. Yeah. Uh got his golden ticket at Nova, doing... right? Yeah, and he was doing um or he's from UK, right? It's... And yeah uh, which is interesting because i don't think he was playing pathies we only had the one pathy player but i believe he Travis won his Brock, entry yeah. yeah so he won his entry with pathies and then abandoned them what what <laughs> uh to go with i believe one of the hunter clates uh yes. so very interesting stuff there so i mean just this this kind of stuff you you just look at and you're like oh my god you know it kept it very interesting because for me i i would have uh i would have assumed every player that made a cut would probably have stayed with the team that got them so far but some of them did switch around i think like trying to tech into the event and everything which is just I very
0: interesting. into the event and also like players won their ticket in an entirely different meta like That's there are players too. that won their ticket before Gellerpox came out right That's, so Gellerpox comes out i have to deal with it or people are gonna have to deal with me <laughs> right um Breachers yep. out before people won their ticket and also balance patches. Hunter clade were nowhere. And then all of a sudden to the moon with them <laughs> to Mars, more appropriately <laughs> with, with the, uh, the hunter clade. So what, what do you think about um, breakdown of players, breakdown of teams? Um, where do you think, like, it, it's hard to ask this question, right? Cause I, I wish I could have um, grabbed you before this tournament recorded a pre-tournament predictions and then a post-tournament thing but when you were seeing all this like who did um who do you think uh which team do you think would have done the best when you Pathies. see
1: this Pathy's oh you got your <laughs> yeah. bias there no they're just they are a very toolboxy team i feel that's true um, and i look at these and it's like okay what is going to dictate the game the most it felt like those maybe Hunter Clade. Mm-hmm. Breachers is interesting. Um, Novitiates is just such a crazy team. Um <clears throat> but you also have to factor the players, right? Yeah. So yeah. I would have had to bet money on Baki, even though he's running blooded. You you know, uh, because I've played him one time and I got absolutely ragdolled on (laughs) TTS. Uh, It was one of my very first games with uh, with Pathies. And that was the game I always refer to that. I was like, dude, I could be doing exactly what that just did to me with Pathies. And uh, Hmm. so, you know, like the big streak run that I had and stuff, I kind of owe him for that. So looking, you know, at the players, it's like, I don't know, you got you cannot not factor that in. At this Absolutely. at this juncture, you know that's such a and big it, factor, in it. and I, you, you nailed the, you
0: nailed the, uh, you hit the nail on the head. That's that's what people say, um, with the in players fact, mattering more than the, the factions. Honestly, because um, looking at this, like I think no matter who took what, I think the players mattered so much more <laughs> than the actual, uh, than the actual
1: teams that they piloted.
0: Yeah, you don't agree. You look- You don't agree, little guy?
1: What's funny is you look (laughs) at these players and it's like a who's who's list of uh, who beat the pants off Bearded in 2022. Because every, like most of these guys, you know, Baki definitely did. Kellen, uh, he and I have played before.
0: So another massive time skip for uh, the two of us, but our loyal listeners will have not noticed anything other than the. Baby in seeming distress was uh, de distressed. <laughs> um, baby boy needed a uh, needed time with his daddy, so we we hit the big old pause button and came back to record. Now that uh, baby's down for a nap, so we were talking about uh, the players, and you were just kind of saying it's a who's who's list of uh, of yes. people that have trounced you and uh, and me as well. I mean. We can go through them each individually just to touch on each of these guys. Chris Bakke, I mean, doesn't really need much of an introduction. Um, Most players in the competitive scene um, know and have heard of him. And uh, he's part of the BATS team, uh, Bay Area Tournament Squad, up with our our, uh, former co-host Sheldon. And uh, they're a cohort of uh, trained-up prodigies of great, great players that they're just uh, drilling into even better players. Um, he, he has this habit of taking a team and then taking it to its peak and then retiring and moving on. He did yeah. it with, guard. he did it with, uh, he did it with, uh, Novi's and he picked up blooded. And I think that was a pretty clever choice for mm-hmm. this tournament. Espe- I mean, he made that decision before he even knew the format of it being half into the dark. But as a horde team that needs melee, but has a bit of a challenge getting in there, into the dark is just, as we said in previous episodes, the best m- melee delivery system out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting because when he started picking them up, uh, they were, you know, kind of being lumbasted by the community, mm-hmm. um, you know, as just a non-starter team and everything. And it's like, oh, there you go, guys.
0: Such a Jimmy move, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah man it's it it was just really you know it, it's inspiring to see people do this kind of stuff you I know, love it. take take something that uh other people have written off and then not only get to golden ticket with it but uh like win other tournaments and stuff with it as well i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure absolutely
0: yeah. um then you have kellen uh he's from the san diego scene uh i've had several games with him as well played Baki, of course. He's on the West Coast. We run into each other often in the tournament circuit. Uh, Kellen as well. Um, He has given me some of the most challenging games I've had to Mm -hmm. play this edition um, with his novitiates. Um, He brought novies as well to this. Uh, Very, very competitive player, very uh, smart player. And he took the opposite approach where he's like, okay, novitiates are my thing. I'm sticking to novitiates. Tried and true. This is what I'm going to do, and uh, they did suffer a couple of a uh, couple of nerfs along the way, but he's still um, stuck to them and still plays very well with them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny because um, when Chalnath first came out, everybody looked at Tao and said, "Oh, yes, these are the guys." Um, mm-hmm. But he came on and did a little interview with me on the on the YouTube channel and was saying mm-hmm. way back then he thought they were the best team in the game, mm-hmm. and uh, so he championed them from the very beginning. And you know, it took him took him to these high highs he's a very smart player uh, i he got is. to play against him for quite a bit in quarantine and you know the tts heyday era mm-hmm. and uh, yeah.
0: he was very active in the tts scene
1: yeah and just mm-hmm. like a super smart player like that's mm-hmm. so one of the things uh, the qualities that i can attribute to him is he's just uh, super sharp you know mm-hmm. uh, and does well with other like any team he picks up he seems to do well mm-hmm. with uh, mm-hmm. you know Necrons and whatnot, he was he was doing well for a little bit too. And uh we actually had a TTS tournament uh that, that he and I tied once uh <laughs> because we had played earlier on and it got to a tie and then we were the only ones that were kind of undefeated at the end. So mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. it was it was, I don't know, just very interesting. And we were both doing things that game. It's like, oh you you know, you dirty <laughs> dirty rat you uh so i don't know just a a fun game that i still remember to this day uh it's one of my favorite games that i got to play
0: uh so have you i've met uh ryan orion uh i've Mm -hmm. met ryan um i've never played with him have you played games
1: with him yeah and and so Mm -hmm. orion he's a
0: super chill super nice guy i've always enjoyed my conversations with him
1: he's a real stand-up guy um he is part of how i was able to go out to baltimore for the kill team open is no uh, kidding he chipped in and helped fund my plane ticket and everything like come on out here yeah to the kto so just total stand-up guy and i did get to play against him at um lvo this last
0: Oh, when he brought his warp coven
1: yes we made the cut and uh he was my round one opponent and it was single elimination i did not make it past that game he got me yeah with yeah. those warp he, he
0: had the warp coven where he used uh slanesh demons right um he was using, he was using... demons as zangors something like that he had yeah different i remember was... they're red red well, flamey looking things
1: it was uh the horrors but what he was doing what he was using horrors as zangors yeah. but he had them like customed out with these marble eyes as their face super that's creepy right. yeah that's
0: right i remember
1: yeah. My Tao didn't appreciate those guys. Uh,
0: yeah. They were getting some bad looks and then yes. Travis, he's from, uh, another East coast dude. So nice, even split across uh, North America, not even across just the two, the two bookends yes. of North America there. Um, Travis, um, champion of, uh, Chicago open, right. Uh, he okay. took that with Hunter clade, um, a lot of experience with pathies and he was the pathfinder player the sole pathfinder player yeah um i think he heard through the grapevine that there was going to be a lot of hunter clade or he suspected it i mean he's he's a smart player and he knows the meta and he knows how strong hunter clade are so uh he uh he made that decision from what i heard to avoid the mirror match and that's not a bad idea
1: yeah yeah He's a a, all around very, very sharp guy too. like, uh, Mm -hmm. apparently he watches YouTube at like two and a half speed or whatever. Um, (laughs) You know, he's, he's just a quick, quick guy. And in fact, uh, one of the things on him with his accolades is uh, he won that uh, kill team open. So he is, oh, that's right.
0: Kill team open as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The winner of the largest tournament that's ever happened. Um, Yeah. So In very, North very, area, sharp I think
0: Spain oh yeah, like, yeah. ninety six player tournament
1: <laughs> they might yeah they they might have a speed there uh, yeah. yeah, very, very uh sharp guy, very uh, good at thinking about the game mm-hmm. uh, you know really really like if I needed to go to somebody and ask a question, it would it might be him at this point mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially running Tau we kind of have that that uh, bond there. With that where i could you know get insight as as another pilot of the team yeah
0: um so now skipping across the pond we got the triple threat from spain um the uh the kingpin of spain ace um he brought hunter clade and holy moly um what a great choice for ace uh they're a very technical team and mm-hmm. they take A very technical and precise player i know this by attrition for having played alex and his hunter clade for so 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 many games and i I played ace at uh at uh lvo he was the final nail in my coffin for my tournament run at lvo um and he played such a precise game with that guard like no mistakes Uh, maybe one vague mistake he made one mistake that did not matter A guy could have been on a point, but wasn't on the point. And he beat me by so many points that didn't, that point didn't matter, but just like such a precise game. So Hunter Clayton in the hands
1: of ACE. Uh, that's terrifying. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, ACE, I've only got to play once. And that was in Mm. the, um, the world cup event. that's Uh, right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So we were on team
0: USA for that.
1: Yeah. He was my one loss in that run. And, Mm. uh, he was still on vet guard at the time uh and was was very, very good. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Quality loss that is. Um yep. speaking I'll of quality it. losses, my other loss at LVO, this past LVO, was Adrian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was uh, so he running?
0: He, uh he was running um wait, was it Adrian? I'm pretty sure it was Adrian running um Least. oh okay yeah or maybe i'm misremembering i have to look back at lvo to see but i'm pretty sure i played adrian there and i'm pretty sure he trounced me as well
1: uh, yeah <laughs> i couldn't remember if that was him i got beat by uh, a gentleman from spain at lvo that was there with ace, i met so and I many spaniards at lvo <laughs> yeah i was wondering if <laughs> no, that was no him. offense
0: to any of them if you're not ace it was hard to keep track
1: because
0: he, he definitely stood out and i met so many people all rapid fire but um adrian i believe he ran breachers for this tournament um cool. and uh, no no he sorry um he ran hunter clade it was carlos that ran breachers mm. um so you had both um ace and adrian with uh hunter clade and then carlos ran breachers breachers absolute solid choice for this just kind of um skipping ahead cuz we're going pretty long on time uh to carlos um i haven't played carlos Um, Did you um, encounter him at all in your TTS days or uh, at LVO when he was there?
1: I'm pretty sure one of these two is the one that beat me at LVO round one uh, with Mm. the uh, Thousand Suns or the Warp Coven. Mm. Uh, I Mm -hmm. just can't remember which one it was exactly. But no, I don't think we've ever played. Well, maybe we did because I did the Freak Wars tournament in Spain in quarantine. That's right. So, ah, man, I don't think so. I I don't think so. But um, yeah, I mean... The history of these guys, they're they're just it's like like a grizzly bear. You know what I mean? Like the grizzly bear no. fears nothing. <laughs> That's kind that, of what you, no you're going against against somebody from Spain. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they yeah. they're, I mean, they look analogy, at you in your lunch. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Your analogy to uh, StarCraft and Spain is the Korea of uh, <laughs> of kill team is just so so freaking astute. I mean, the reason why uh, Korea was huge and all the top players for StarCraft came out of Korea um, is because that's what everyone played. They had a massive scene. Yeah. Everyone was playing it. Like uh, all the web cafes were just chock full of people playing StarCraft, and that's that's exactly what Spain is like. You surprise you play this game a lot you play against good players you get better at this game shocker right right and that's just like just like this pressurized um training tank that spain is it's it's uh it's something that i i think every every um region across the globe should aspire to because they definitely have they definitely have the framework and the formula for a very successful scene because out of one country that is size of California, maybe bigger than California. I'm not sure, but it feels like with how how interconnected the entire country is, it feels like they're smaller than California with ten times the scene. And that's 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 admirable.
1: No, I, I think, you know, here in the US for this edition, there seems to have been a shift where people just cannot they they don't enjoy the losing as much as we were okay with last edition. And I think that you must be playing with good players. And I think that Spain is the um the thing that you could point to there because it's like do you think that they are winning against ace very often probably not right like i i'm, I'm <laughs> from what i understand he's a fairly dominant individual sure. out there yeah, yeah, yeah. um but it's raising the level of people that are out there because they're seeing these tricks and, and learning them Absolutely. you know and Absolutely. Uh, yeah it's something you know we should be taking note of i feel
0: and then the uh, final player to uh talk about is uh can you roll a crit himself john reese um, he, um, flippy floppied what Travis did. He, um, won with Pathfinders and then flipped over to, uh, Hunterclade for, uh, for the tournament. It's like they, they met in the lobby and they just traded armies right before the tournament.
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. I, I hear he's very into stats. Um, mm-hmm. so that's an interesting thing, you know, is, is this, uh, gentleman, a number cruncher and. And all that, and is that part of his victory? You know, we'll have mm-hmm. to watch his content and find out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, his his uh, his stat breakdowns or tournament breakdowns and stats and all that stuff. His uh, are some of my favorite YouTube content because I'm oh, I'm cool. super nerdy with those numbers too. So I really enjoy that stuff. For the days. Um, so I think there's two paths that are general tournament paths that are fun to talk about. Um, and briefly here at the tail end of the episode um let's talk about chris Baki's path first because that's a very fun underdog story Um oh, sure. that i really enjoy um chris Baki took an, an early loss against pathfinders one point loss on Ooh. an open board loot and salvage against pathfinders against travis that is impressive a one point loss on an open board against pathfinders loot and salvage with blooded so Mm -hmm. like he had to walk away from that feeling like i lost but i fought my butt off and i i did great um yeah he he should feel proud of that loss honestly because that is i can't imagine my piloting i don't know if i could do that (laughs) on genuinely (laughs) Yeah. yeah that's that's very impressive um and he proceeded to feverishly punch his way back up through the underground fight club that's what i that's what i um affectionately call the loser's bracket through the underground fight club and then right at the tail end of it right at the end he got eliminated on his chance to bounce right back up to try and take the championships away from the other path that we're going to talk about um Mm. I I don't know about you, but it was the moment that I saw the round one standings. I wasn't really rooting for anyone. I was just uh-huh. excited to see it. But the moment the round one happened and Chris got bumped down to the loser bracket, I said, "Nope, cheering for Chris. Chris Bucky's my horse in this race. Like I'm going to be all team Chris Bucky." Wait, like pushing him over the finish line, like that. I, I, everyone loves an underdog story, and he was just like, I, I, not a think I can. I'm gonna. It wasn't a <laughs> think I can. I think I can. I'm. I gonna train is what yeah. he was, and um, to be cut short at the end by Ace. I mean,
1: that's I lost to Ace.
0: One. It That's fine. Like, yeah a, a, a game against ace is it's gonna be a tough game and if you're in that game then you're such an accomplished player to begin with you know absolutely
1: you know uh, and, and it's just like uh, that's such a loss that you don't feel bad about like <laughs> like these games against somebody like Ace does not happen every day. you'll go through mm-hmm. entire tournaments entire tournament runs all this stuff to get to finally go against this one player. And this is what we play for, at least, you know, from my Mm -hmm. thing internally, it's Mm -hmm. like these kinds of games. And, uh, you know, to, to have gotten all the way back up and everything, just, you know, slow clap for him. Uh, And, you know, no shame in that loss there.
0: Massive, massive accomplishment for digging yourself back up. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, so the other path packed full of drama that you could write a Hallmark movie over Was the whole Ace and Orion saga at the end? So Ace and Orion both making their way through. Ace gets knocked out in the final game. Oh, oh! Just before the finals, everyone gets knocked out of the first elimination. The only two players without a loss are Ace and Orion, and Orion wins. Ace Ace gets knocked down. Has to fight Chris. And I'm sure Ace wasn't super thrilled about fighting Chris either. Because <laughs> Chris is a terrifying opponent as well. With his
1: life on the line, right? Like eliminations right, right at the door. Right. Yeah. Nodding. And,
0: and uh, that was the end of the first day, right? So then mm-hmm. the second day starts with Ace and Chris Baki's game. And in my mind, I imagined Orion got like a big breakfast. He went and got a massage went to the (laughs) sauna like he was sitting out by the pool like that in my mind's eye that's that's what ryan was doing the entire morning and then he just kind of waltzes in just super fresh while like both like chris and like uh and ace are doing that like end of street fighter dizzy bird thing after having a very stressful game against each other and then so then right after defeating ace which is Super hard, super challenging, and he managed to do it. He has to fight him again. He's like, okay, okay. If I beat him now, I'm playing Gellerpox. Okay, if I beat him now, I'm on arena. Uh, Or not arena. uh, Old man yells like cloud moment. I'm on into the dark. I'm at close quarters. Like Gellerpox. I don't have to worry about shooting as much. This is great. And if I win, I win. And then he takes the L. And I think it's because of his spa day. I think it's a spa day. No, <laughs> I'm joking. It's, it's it's he played against a uh, a player with a very flexible team that could flex really hard on into the dark, and then they played their final game nail biter right to the end, and then Orion ekes it out at the end and takes the uh, grand champion with Gellerpox Stinky Boys. Absolutely, um, I loved it. that saga, and my favorite part of the saga was my personal headcanon of how Orion spent his spent his morning on Sunday.
1: Yeah, you know, what's funny too is uh, this is a little blood feud that's been forming since LVO because those two came up against each other. And I believe, great. I could be wrong on this, but I think it was a tie and the ace won that's, by the tiebreaker, if that's, that's I recall correct. correctly. Yeah. Um, so it's like they've had this kind of even matched mm-hmm. headbutting uh, for a year now. And to finally see this concluded at the end is just, you know, spectacular. Again, the kind of stuff that we play for and it's just, you know, so exciting to be a part of the community as this kind of stuff is happening. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: and I'm super excited for this to grow and for this to be bigger.
1: And even if they do an eight person thing next year,
0: my only thing on my wish list. I, I only thing I went, I went to the mall the other day, I sat on Santa's lap and I said, Santa, the only thing I want for Christmas is streamed games at the next uh, <laughs> Kill Team Grand finale. That's well, all I want for Christmas. So even if they only do eight players, I would love to be able to watch those games because it's gotta be such a great learning experience to watch these top tier players play against each other because it's not every day that you get all the major threats mm-hmm. <laughs> all under one roof to to duke it out. That's that's such a special tournament. And I'm I'm glad I'm glad they did it and I'm excited to see where it goes from here.
1: Absolutely. You know, and it's something that I think that we missed out on by not having history being made recorded. You know, Mm -hmm. I wish it had been streamed so bad. Um, And we leave this game in a new world where, you know, Pathies, who a lot of people are calling for nerfs, you know, um, are coming in under things like uh, Blooded or, you know, um, uh, Hunterclade now with three people represented. We had some of the best players in the world saying, this is the team I think is going to carry me Mm -hmm. at this moment. And so it's like we're living through a shift and meta, I feel.
0: And moral of the story, pilot matters. And what a yeah. great, what a great place for a game to be in, where the player matters, huh? It's not just your list; it's who's driving that list. I love it.
1: Absolutely. So, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. And congratulations again to everybody who participated in that tournament. We're all very proud of you for representing the entirety of the community in this event. You, all of us, made us proud. Uh, you can find me at YouTube. I'm Chris. Some people call me Beerhead. And I've been Emmanuel. You can find me on my Instagram at eman.paints.
0: And you can find me and my buddy Alex on YouTube at Strategic Advantage. Thank you guys so
1: much for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to the Kill Zone Podcast. You're home for real talk for Competitive Kill Team. Brought to you by the Frontline Gaming Network make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.